Welcome to Reign of Grace. This program is brought to you by Reign of Grace Media Ministries, an outreach ministry of Eager Avenue Grace Church in Albany, Georgia. It is our pleasure and privilege to present to you the gospel message of the sovereign grace and glory of God in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that today's program will be a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and now for today's program. Welcome to our program today. I'm glad you could join us. If you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, and I encourage you to do so, I'm going to be preaching from John chapter 8, the last part of that chapter in the Gospel of John concerning this subject, hearing God's words. Hearing God's words. And I take that title from verse 47 where the Lord said, he's speaking to uh, religionists here, false religionists, the Pharisees and their followers. And he says in John eight forty-seven, He that is of God heareth God's words. And then he said to them, You therefore hear them not, because you're not of God. In other words, they're, they're lost in their sins. They're, they're spiritually deaf. And you know, the Bible speaks a lot about what we can call the seeing eye and the hearing ear. And you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was speaking to Nicodemus back in John chapter 3, He said, you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, which is the same thing. And what he's talking about there is spiritual sight and we would put with that spiritual hearing because man by nature, and I always, uh, I feel like I always have to explain this because, you know, I'm not trying to insult people's intelligence or anything, but. Uh, you know, you, this may be the first time you heard this program or heard me preach. But uh, man, all of us by nature, and when I say by nature, I mean as we are naturally born in sin. And that's what the Bible teaches about us. We, are, uh, we fell in Adam, fell into a state of sin and death and depravity. And that sin uh, simply means that we are all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That death is spiritual death. We come into the world alive, alive physically. And we have, even in the physical realm, we have a conscience. We have a mind. We have affections. We have a will. We have a heart. But all of those faculties uh, that we come into the world naturally are fallen and under the dominion of sin. And then we, I use the word, and being spiritually dead, which means that we, have, we do not have the spiritual capacity to be uh, uh, submitted to the things of God, especially God's way of salvation. And that's why we need salvation. Uh, we don't, we, by nature, we, uh, uh, we are spiritually deaf 
and spiritually blind to the ways of God in salvation, which involves how God saves sinners and uh, how, how we can have a right relationship with God and how we can maintain that relationship. And so in order for us to see and to hear that spiritually, that <clears throat> the right way, God has to give us spiritual eyes and spiritual ears to hear. For example, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 1 and verse 18, that the preaching of the cross, which is the gospel, uh, the preaching of the glorious person, finished work of Christ, salvation by the grace of God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through His merits, His works, the preaching of the cross, Christ's finished work on the cross, is to them who are perishing, that is in a state of perishing, it's foolishness to them. And but, uh, but it goes on to say to us who to us who are being sa- who are saved or being saved, literally, it's the power of God, it's the wisdom of God. And so there's a difference there that God made. And it's made in the new birth. You must be born again, else you cannot see these things. You, can, you have physical sight and physical hearing. You, you can hear the gospel preached, for example. But until you're given spiritual hearing in the new birth by the Holy Spirit, under the preaching of the gospel, what you hear will mean nothing to you. Uh, it'll be foolishness or you'll walk away unaffected. It will, not, uh, it will not be brought to faith in Christ. But and that's why the Bible says in Romans 1.16 that the gospel, and Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and, the Greek, and also to the Greek also, and to those who believeth, they are the ones who have been given, been given by God in the new birth by the Holy Spirit through Christ, spiritual hearing, spiritual ears. The Bible says in Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so Christ here in John chapter 8 is dealing with that subject. Uh, he, he talked about spiritual liberty, freedom. Uh, he said that... Uh, uh, the truth will set you free. Now, that's not just hearing the truth with the physical ear. It's hearing the truth with a spiritual ear. And what that means, and, and what that means is you, you hear those words that, and they're valuable to you. This is your life. This is the way of salvation. You believe it. You cherish it. You guard it. God has written it on your heart. It has been made the power of God unto salvation to you. So, you, you know, Christ told his disciples that when they asked him about speaking in parables. And he said, they asked, why do you speak in parables? And he said it was a judgment against those who refused to believe his words. He said they have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't see. They close their eyes to the truth. They shut their ears to the truth lest they be converted because they don't want to believe what he's saying because it would demand that they would turn away 
from that which they naturally valued. You know, the uh, Christ said in Luke chapter 16 and verse 15, I believe it is, He said, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. Well, what is highly esteemed among men when it comes to salvation and a right relationship with God? Well, people by nature believe salvation is conditioned on their works or on their character or on their wills, their decisions. But the gospel shows us that salvation is not conditioned on sinners in any way. It's all conditioned on Christ. And that Christ fulfilled those conditions to ensure the salvation of all those for whom he died, was buried, and arose again the third day. The gospel is a revelation. That verse in Romans 1.16 uh, is followed by verse 17 which says that in the gospel, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith. That's the gospel uh, uh, knowledge revealed, uh, heard. And then to faith, that's the gospel doctrine, truth, knowledge, believed, received, for the just shall live by faith. Well, the gospel reveals that salvation is based upon not the righteousnesses of men, not the works of men, not the characters of men, but the work, the righteousness, the character of Christ. Because Christ is the righteousness of God. His work on the cross can be summarized in that phrase, the righteousness of God. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, Paul writes concerning this subject, he says that as ambassadors of Christ, preachers of the gospel, we beseech you be reconciled to God on one ground. And he states that ground in verse 21. For God the Father, for he there, it says for he, that's God the Father, hath made him, that's God the Son incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, and the who knew no sin goes back to Christ, not us. We know sin very well. But Christ knew no sin. He was not a sinner. He was never contaminated or corrupted by the sins of, of, of people on earth. So for God made him to be sin who knew no sin for us, Christ, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So he's showing there that God made Christ sin. And how did he do that? By the imputation. That's the biblical word. Imputed. That means that God the Father made Christ, God the Son, to be the surety of the covenant of grace before the world began. And he charged, accounted, reckoned the demerit, the debt of the sins of his people his chosen people, the elect, to Christ. Christ was made the surety of the covenant. And because he was the surety of the covenant, and he willingly did that, Christ willingly, joyfully, became the surety of God's elect, the church, his people, all who come to believe the gospel. Because he was made their surety, he had to come into the world 
and become incarnate. Now what that means is that he was made flesh. He became a man. It's not that God turned into a man or that God changed into a man. And it's not that man was made to be God. It's simply that God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, who is divine equally with the Father and the Son and every attribute of deity, took into union with himself a perfect sinless humanity, human body and soul, that was created for him by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And that's called the incarnation. The old writers, the old theologians, called it the hypostatic union of the person of Christ, within the person of Christ. That means he's God and man in one person, And there's no mixture of the two natures, the divine nature and the human nature. But there's a union of those two natures. And so Christ is God manifest in the flesh. Fully God, fully human without sin. And isn't that amazing? That's the kind of person that it took to save us from our sins. See, the righteousness in which we stand before God if we're saved, justified, is the righteousness of God. But in order for Christ to work out that righteousness, he had to be made flesh and die on the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews 2.14, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might reconcile us to God. And that word behooved is the Greek word for debt. He was indebted to do that because he was the surety of his people. Well, all of that, see, that's the gospel doctrine. That's the gospel truth. The gospel truth that sets sinners free. And so my question to you and to myself would be, do we hear it? Do we hear God's words? And not just do we hear the words with the physical ear and walk away unaffected, but do we hear it with the spiritual ear? Is it life and death to us? Has God used it to bring us to faith in Christ, to love Him, to follow Him, to submit to Him as the Lord, our righteousness? And He's my only hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Do, do I hear it with the spiritual ear that causes me to turn away from everything else that would rival Christ. All those things which were uh, uh, highly esteemed to me as a natural, lost, unregenerate, unbelieving sinner. My works, my efforts, my decisions, my experiences. That's all an abomination to God. I come before God in the righteousness of His Son. That's what I want to hear. That's what I love to hear. That's my life. That's what motivates me to obedience. Not the legalism of the law. Not a mercenary spirit as if I can earn my way into God's favor or earn my rewards, as people say. No, no. Listen, I I hear and believe and love the blessedness of the man to whom the Lord imputeth righteousness without works. 
And so Christ, in speaking to the Pharisees here in John chapter 8, he says in verse 47, He that is of God, he that has been chosen by God before the foundation of the world, the elect, he that has been uh, uh, justified by God. The Bible says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. He that has been given to Christ by God. Christ said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. He that has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You see, the Bible doesn't teach that Christ died for everybody without exception. Christ said it over in John chapter 10, right here close to where we, we, we are. He says in John chapter 10 and verse 11, listen to this. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Who are the sheep? That's the ones he redeemed on the cross by his precious blood. That's the ones whom God chose. Their names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the world began. That's right. And they were given to him. He's their surety. He's their substitute. He was made flesh for them. As, as again, Hebrews 2.14, it behooved him to be made like unto who? His brethren. And how are they his brethren? Because he's their representative. He's their surety. He's their elder brother. He died for their sins. He was buried. He arose again because of their justification. Their sins are forgiven. So he, uh, 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 those, uh, those who are of God are those whom he redeemed by his blood. And those who are of God are those whom he sends the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the world to bring them under the preaching of the gospel, the gospel message that they must hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They must hear it. You see, you got to hear the gospel. And you got to hear it with the spiritual ear. And he brings them under that gospel and he gives them life from the dead. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. It's life from the dead, spiritual life given as he imparts the knowledge and the spirit and the power. He gives us a new heart, the scripture says. See, naturally speaking, our hearts are deceitful, desperately wicked. Our minds, our affections, our wills are under the power of sin and death and depravity. Left to ourselves, we will not hear and come to God, come to Christ. But the Spirit gives us a new heart. He gives us new life, a new spirit. And He writes the Word of God on our hearts and brings us to see and to hear the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he gives us faith. Faith is the gift of God. It's not natural to you to have faith. If you truly have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for all salvation, that's a miracle of God's power and grace given to you. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see that? And so... You have faith in Christ and you repent of those things which were before highly esteemed. 
But now you agree with God. You take sides with God against yourself. Lord, I'm a sinner. Be merciful to me, the sinner. I have nothing in myself and can do nothing from myself to recommend myself to God. I have one hope, and that hope is Christ. Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And what have I committed unto him? My whole salvation from beginning to final glory. And so Christ says, he that, heareth, uh, he that is of God, verse 47, heareth God's word. And so he looked at these Pharisees who did not believe him. They shut their ears. They closed their eyes. They didn't want that gospel because it required them to turn away from everything that they loved and highly esteemed. In other words, they had to come to Christ and believe in Him and repent of their dead works. Admit that they were lost, even in their religion, even in all their their cherished experiences. Because you see, without Christ, it's all sin. So He says, You therefore hear them not. You don't believe them. Because you're not of God. Well, let's look at the rest of it. He says in verse 48, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Now that's, that's what they said of him. Because he preached a gospel that exposed their evil deeds and their lost condition. They said, well, you're a Samaritan. That was a term of, de- uh, of derision. And you have a devil. And verse 49, Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and you do dishonor me. Christ honored the Father. Now, they claimed to honor the Father, but they didn't. And the proof of that is they dishonored the Son. You cannot honor honor God the Father and dishonor God the Son. And you might as well mark it down. He that, listen, The Father, God the Father, is holy and just and righteous, and He will He will not He will accept no sinner, He will save no sinner, He will commune with no sinner apart from Christ, the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Outside of Christ, there is no love from the Father. There's only hatred. And that's a just hatred now. It's not an evil hatred. God hates all workers of iniquity, we read in Psalm 5. Well, aren't I a worker of iniquity? Somebody said, not if I'm in Christ. Now, I'm still a sinner. But that iniquity means that I don't measure up. I don't equal the righteousness of the law because the righteousness of the law can only be found fulfilled in Christ. But in Christ, I measure up, not by my works and not by my believing, only because His righteousness has been imputed, charged, accounted to me. And so Christ tells them, He says, I, you, you, don't, you don't honor the Father. 
I honor the Father, he said. And he says in verse 50, he says, And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Now Christ is to be glorified. But what he's saying here is this. As the servant of God, servant of Jehovah, the servant of the covenant, he came to glorify the Father. And in his high priestly prayer over in John 17, he even made this statement. He said, Father, glorify thou me with the glory that we had, uh, I had with thee before the world began. But he's talking about his work as the servant of the covenant for the salvation of his people. And it was to honor the Father, to show forth the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 51, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Now what is it to keep his saying? Somebody says, well, that means we've got to obey his, his law. Well, my friend, if obeying his law is what delivers you from death, you're a dead person. Because we cannot keep the law. We're sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. To keep his saying is to believe him. Believe his gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of dead works. Cling to Christ. Plead his righteousness alone for all salvation. And verse 52 says, Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. He said, Abraham is dead. Now this goes back to what he was talking about Abraham first. He said, If you believed Abraham, you'd believe me. You seek to kill me. Abraham didn't do that. Abraham looked forward to Christ. And they said, Abraham is dead and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. But now Abraham is dead. Well, verse 53, they ask, Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Who do you think you are? That's what they're saying. And verse 54, Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. You claim God is your father. Well, the father honored Christ. Remember at his baptism, he spoke from heaven. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Later on, he said, hear ye him, hear ye him. That's what he said. But you don't know him, Christ said. Later on there, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham rejoiced to see the day of Christ and he saw it and he was glad. Abraham heard the word. Do you hear it? Hearing God's word. That's what it's all about. God's word in the gospel, wherein Christ is revealed in the glory of his person and in the power of his finished work. I hope you'll join us next week for another message from God's word. We are glad you could join us for another edition of Reign of Grace. This program is brought to you by Reign of Grace Media Ministries, an outreach ministry of Eager Avenue Grace Church in Albany, Georgia. To receive a copy of today's program or to learn more about Reign of Grace Media Ministries or Eager Avenue Grace Church, write us at 1102 Eager Drive, Albany, Georgia 31707. Contact us by phone at 229-432-6969 or 
email us through our website at www.theletterrofgrace.com. Thank you again for listening today, and may the Lord be with you.